You're listening to Prosperous Coach Podcast with host Rhonda Hess, helping you to choose a smart coaching niche and launch your coaching business with confidence. Hello, hello, coaches. Today, I am diving into the eighth episode in the series called Client Winning Coaching Websites. And I promised you that I was going to share with you five rules to write better copy for your coaching business. And I just want to say these rules and all the tidbits underneath them that I'm going to give you are something that I wished I'd had back in the day when I started my coaching business, when I was writing my blog, because this applies to benefit statements, web copy, freebies, blogs, social posts, anything you write for your coaching business and for your clients will be made more action-inspiring using the following five rules. This episode can be found at prosperouscoach.com slash 47. And I want you to go there because there is a special download just for listeners that has a free report with all of these rules and tips and tools for writing. And I think it'll be really great for you if you can get it, print it out, keep it next to your desk so that you can, whenever you write, apply these tools to your writing. Now, before we get into the five rules, there is one overarching rule to rule them all. And that is write to attract attention and keep your readers interested. We live in times where people read a lot less than they used to. It's one of the reasons why I do a podcast now instead of a blog. But that doesn't mean that some people don't read and that some people don't read some things. So it is worth it to write if that's what you're inspired to do. But you can't write the way you used to when you were in school. Many of the academic rules of writing that you learned in school will not at all help you attract and keep attention these days. Learning how to write compelling copy is partially an unlearning of some of those old rules. So if you hear me say something and you think, oh, that's not appropriate, that's not in Strunk and White's <laughs> elements of style, well, you're absolutely right. But these devices work much better these days, and things have to change, right? Because we, we're an evolving world and an evolving species. So let's start with rule number one. Specificity attracts. Tell this to yourself over and over again. You need to use specific words and concepts because they are more attention getting than broad, sweeping, vague, or abstract words and concepts. What I see a lot with coaches particularly is that because they haven't yet niched. They haven't yet drilled down their target audience to a narrow, viable target audience. They want to cover all the bases. They want to write in a way that won't turn off somebody or another. But doing that actually doesn't turn anyone on, and that's the biggest challenge with it. So when you target a unique audience and you find out what they're all about. You, you find out those psychographics through market research. And I covered market research in episode number 22, which you can find at prosperouscoach.com slash 22. 
When you do that market research, you come away with this valuable bunch of information, specific words, phrases, things your target audience thinks and says, things that are important to them. And if then you use those keywords in your content, it helps you to over time boost search engine optimization. You've probably heard of SEO. I usually recommend that my clients be willing to build SEO over time in a natural and organic way. You need to develop your business in order to really be able to attract people online. And that's why we do things like blogs and podcasts and things like that is in order to drive that traffic in a more natural way through generosity marketing. If you're writing a blog every week or you're putting out a podcast every week, that is generosity marketing. And you're driving traffic to your site through the repetition of keywords that are important to your target audience. So keywords are that way of being specific, but you can also be specific in other ways. If you write any kind of copy, I don't care whether it's a social post or it's a blog or it's copy on your website, what you want to do is go through it and ask yourself, where are the broad, vague, and abstract words? And then replace them with specifics that are highly relevant to your audience as it relates to your niche. Now, the second rule is less is more. Repeat this to yourself. Less is more. (laughs) Writing well is always about making choices. You have to say to yourself, I'm not going to try to cover all the bases. I'm not going to try to list everything that's important to my target audience in one paragraph or one sentence or one article or one page on my website. You need to focus in on easy to digest ideas. And again, specificity ties in here. But there's lots of little tips for less is more. And that is some things you've heard me say before. You want to keep paragraphs super short, no more than four lines deep in order to encourage reading. And of course, if people are looking at your website or what you've written on a mobile device, that four lines deep on a laptop is going to be 16, 20 lines deep. So you can see that another thing that you want to do is to use single sentence paragraphs quite a bit. Definitely do that to emphasize a point or to ask a powerful question, but you might do it more often than you ever have before in any other kind of writing. The other thing you want to do is reduce prepositional phrases in sentences. The more prepositional phrases you have in a sentence, the more complex it is, the harder it is to parse, and people are going to miss your meaning. So you want to ask yourself after you've finished your writing, can I pull out prepositional phrases? Can I decomplicate this? You also want to break run-on sentences into multiple sentences. You want to convert lists of information into a lead-in phrase and follow it by bullet points. And bullet points, by the way, are a great way to pull the eye down the page. You also want to avoid beginning sentences with it's, here, there, things like that. So listen to the difference between these two sentences. The first one is, there are some bloggers who use filler phrases. Some bloggers use filler phrases. You can see how the second one is more punchy. It's easier to parse the meaning, and it uses less characters. You also want to use adjectives 
sparingly because adjectives tend to dumb writing down. Now, this isn't what we were taught in school. We were taught to use lots of adjectives. You want to actually go through your copy and pull out the adjectives as much as possible while still keeping the meaning. Some of the things that people use a lot of these days are the words very and really. If you use those in your writing, go through and pull them out. Now, I just want to say a word about this. You know, we are told to write the way we speak. And of course, a lot of us naturally use the words really, very, just, things like that. So I'll give you an example of this. Here's the sentence. It's very important to use really powerful verbs. And here is that sentence used in a more direct way. Use powerful verbs. Rule number three is you want to write to your avatar. Where developing an avatar really becomes valuable is when you have narrowed to a specific viable target audience and you're really clear about your niche, how you're going to serve those people, how you're going to help them reach an urgent big goal they have. So an avatar is a detailed description of your most ideal client in that target audience and around that particular niche that you serve them with. Your avatar description goes into very specific details about their goals as it pertains to your niche, challenges and pain points as it pertains to your niche. And by the way, these are all specific things, not overarching things. Their background, their occupation, their job title, their income, their education, and what they buy. Why they buy it. Their values, their preferences, their desires, their day-to-day existence, what it's like their age, their gender, their marital status, their children, their location. You're basically writing all this as if it is one person. Because it is only by picturing that avatar in your mind and writing to that person that your copy is going to be direct enough and specific enough. Once you have an avatar created, you want to then create a list of keywords and scenarios that are highly relevant to that target audience and include those in your copy. See, there's a lot of writing out there on the internet, especially articles and blogs, things like that, that try to cover all the bases and therefore yet another bunch of words packaged into a broad topic that aren't going to get open and read and shared and commented on and all of that. This is why you want these keywords, why you want the specificity, why you want a narrow target audience. Use a few open-ended questions that begin with who, what, when, where, how, rather than closed or leading questions, which begin with do, are, is, could, should, would, Only use those closed or leading questions to move readers to action. Is your niche viable? See how that question might get someone to take action. Use the words you, not we, or they. Because, again, you are speaking to your target audience, to that avatar. So instead of, we all know what we want, say, you know what you want. You also want to write informally and conversationally. And if you've written a lot in the science world or in the academic world, 
This may be hard for you to do, but it really is important to use contractions often. So instead of this, you are a brilliant coach who wants more clients. This, you're a brilliant coach who wants more clients. There's a difference in terms of how it feels. Less formal is more connective. Okay, rule number four is to use writing devices that keep people reading. So the first thing is to use punctuation strategically. What I see a lot of out there is exclamation points. You need to limit yourself, you know, really pick your spots. I also say don't use semicolons. That, again, is for more academic style of writing. Rarely use colons. Also, use long dashes for parenthetical phrases that you want to emphasize. For example, in this sentence, keep paragraphs short, a maximum of four lines deep, to encourage reading. So instead of using commas there, I'd use long dashes. Keep paragraphs short, long dash, a maximum of four lines deep, long dash, to encourage reading. It really does help you get your point across. The other thing you want to do is scan for repetitive words and replace them with a synonym. Also, rarely use italics or bold type. Italics are best used for quoted sentences or questions. Bold is best for headings, subtitles, or very occasional point of emphasis. If you have a bunch of italics and bolding in one document, it starts to make it difficult to read, and you want to make everything easy to read. Use occasional bullet points, number points, and indented paragraphs to break up paragraphs. I like to indent a single sentence sometimes so that when somebody scans a page, that's the sentence that stands out. If you're using bullet points, you've got to be sure that the bullet points are consistent in syntax and punctuation, and you want to make sure that they are parallel to the lead-in phrase. Use all caps sparingly because they scream. Okay, now we get to rule number five. Balance authority with vulnerability. When I first started my blog, which was back in 2006, authority was the way to go. That's the way everybody wrote. But over the years, because of texting, social media, just, you know, the change in the culture with the new generations, it's really important to be vulnerable as well. So you want to blend those. You'll capture hearts and minds if you reveal a bit about your own journey, about your own challenges, while also sharing how you've overcome those obstacles and created a system for others. So share a short personal story from time to time and relate your own challenges or blunders as it applies to what you're sharing with your audience. And then also convey your authority about subjects by using the imperative voice in sentences that guide. Start those sentences with a verb. Use present tense as much as possible in your writing. Eliminate the words can and will wherever possible unless it's something like, you can do it. So your first draft, you just write it. The second draft, you go through for these rules and specifically to reduce the number of words and characters in your content. 
So four steps to take before you call your copy done are, when you feel you've done your best on a draft, read what you've written out loud to catch and correct awkward syntax and other errors. I might read my copy out loud 10 times before I publish it. Number two, challenge yourself to reduce the overall number of words by a third to a half of what you've already written. You will be amazed how much better the copy is when there is less of it. And don't be attached to trying to cover everything. You know, blogs and articles in themselves really should be bite-sized topics. And oftentimes when my clients write a blog and I read it and give them suggestions, what I say is, hey, you've got three different topics here in this one blog. You could write three blogs from this, what you've written here. Wouldn't that be nice? Number three, proof and spell check your work before publishing it. Use the spelling and grammar check in Word. That really helps a lot. But just know that the spell check won't catch everything. You've got to pay special attention to certain words and spell check. Those ones that there's multiple words that mean different things. Everybody makes mistakes. Absolutely everybody makes mistakes. So now don't miss this. If you want to download and get your own copy of my guide called Five Rules for Better Copywriting, you can get it at prosperouscoach.com slash 47. Enjoy it. Use it. Write better copy, you guys. I'm so glad you tuned in to Prosperous Coach Podcast. Please share this episode with other coaches. And if you're listening on the iTunes podcast app, review this show. Joel Bass did my theme music. Thanks, Joel.